mildly entertaining, somewhat obscure guests, relatively interesting topics, semi-professional production quality, reasonably well-informed commentary, a great value for the money, hundreds of fans all around the world. It's the Starting Strength Gyms podcast with your host, Ray Gillenwater. We're here today with Josh Wells, starting strength coach, head coach of Starting Strength Katie. Um, and as many of you may not know, the voice actor for Cartman in the popular series South Park. Um, is that a rumor, Josh, or is that is that true? Absolute rumor. God, I wish it were true. Uh, uh, that would be so nice. Do you want to? This could be your audition tape. If you just want to do a short clip, we can we can tag Trey and Matt in this if you like. Oh man. I don't think they need anybody. I wish they did, but all right, all right. Well, if you're feeling inspired well, later, you know, we we might later, we might later. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you'll have to look at uh, Josh's other interview from way back when, where he did his Cartman impression um, when he was less on the spot. So, Jesus, man, you you realize people still talk about that? Well, yeah, that was the whole idea. <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping you didn't air that, but you did. <laughs> All right, let's go through your credentials here. So starting strength coach, Cartman voice actor, um, Olympic lifter. Tell me about your PRs, because you're you're stronger than Chase on the Olympic lifts, aren't you? Uh temporarily. Temporarily, okay. Yes, yeah, so yeah, so brag he's... a little bit. What are what are your Olympic lifting PRs? So we can show the world that uh you know uh, Ripito doesn't know anything about Olympic lifting. <laughs> um, let's see. So at eighty five kilo weight class, uh, which is about hundred and eighty five pounds. Uh, my best snatch is 132 kilos, actually 132 and a half. And then, um, my best clean and jerk is 165. Nice man. Um, just, just for people like me that don't know the relative, uh, uh, the, I guess the relative, uh, performance of those numbers compared to like a world record number, what, what, where would that put you? uh compared to some um, of the top guys oh god now uh now I, i'd just be some regular average joe schmo um back then um also at 20 age 20 that put me in that put me in the top 20 in the u.s mm. um so that means i got to compete i went to junior worlds back in 04 which was in Belarus. Um, and then I also got to compete in the Olympic team trials that year as well. Did you lift with uh, Whitmer as well? Jeff? Yeah. Whitmer. Jeff was actually was my roommate in uh, Belarus. Jeff is now our testosterone partner for the gyms. So he, uh, he very graciously treats all of the coaches that need it for free. And then he, uh, he gives it to the members for like 130 bucks a month. For those that need it so that's starting strength gym slash trt jeff's kind of a freak though um his, he's got like a 40 inch vertical or something is that right jeff is nuts man yeah. like i i've known jeff for over 20 years um i remember seeing him compete the very first time and i was just like who the hell is this guy mm -hmm. he's in the same weight class as me and he kicked my ass all the time so what's your vertical? luckily he uh my best is like 30 31 hmm. yeah so Jeff, you know, Jeff, he's a freak yeah he's 33 percent higher and uh yeah 
got yeah. some got some innate gifts that you and I don't have. So, right. Yeah. He, uh, I remember when we went to Belarus, he had uh, he was I think he was working for like Walgreens or something like that at the time, and some guy shoplifted something, and he took off after them, kicked his sandals off, and ended up breaking a toe, and showed up in Belarus with a broken toe and still lifted. I'm like, what the hell, dude? Savage. I love it. Freak. So. All right, let's keep going through it. So you're the head coach of Starting <clears throat> Strength Katie, um, yep. JD's second gym in the Houston area. <clears throat> you were the head coach at Starting Strength Houston when it opened um, with your wife, Shelly Wells. And Chase was with you guys back then before he, he – and he actually wasn't an SSC when you guys got started. He became an SSC under your tutelage, and then he went on to become a head coach at Starting Strength Oklahoma City. Um, right. And then you grew up basically with Ripito at the Wichita Falls Athletic yeah. Club, right? So Yeah. I want to hear about that. Um, what what uh how in the <clears> hell did you come across the gym and rip and and I want to hear lots of stories. Um so I was a scrawny 150 pound kid, um uh, 5'8 and 15 years old. And my high school football coach at the time said, "Hey, you're either going to do powerlifting or you're going to do track." And I was like, I hate running. Running mm -hmm. devil. Plus, I coach. sucked at it. That's so. a yeah. <laughs> You're so, either going to be good at this or do something else. Right, yeah. right. So, um, you know, being – living in Wichita Falls, being 150 pounds, you know, at 5'8", I was not – I was not an aggressive guy. I was a very timid guy, and I got picked on quite a bit. So I was like, shit, screw this, man. I'm going to go lift. And, um, <clears throat> high school football coach found a guy, um, taught us Olympic weightlifting. Um, and we ended up training at Rip's gym, which at the time was down the street from where he's at right now behind, uh, Oh God, what is that? Audio connection, Hamilton, Brian, hmm. little furniture store in Wichita Falls. Hmm. And he had one, two, three, about five or six platforms in the back corner of the gym. This was over 20 and, years ago, right? Oh yeah. This was 2000. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was 2000. So me and a bunch of other nerds and douchebags all loaded up and went to rips and spent like, we'd get there at like 10 AM and we wouldn't leave until like one o'clock in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And God, I, I, I'm surprised rip didn't kick us the fuck out. Mm. Like I'm really surprised. We were just a bunch of stupid kids and we just fuck shit up. Mm -hmm. um, As kids do. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but Rip took care of us. I mean, that, I mean if, you've, if you've been in Rip's gym in the, in the middle of the summer, it's hot. Mm -hmm. Rip doesn't believe in it being 68 degrees in the gym. He believes in it being like, shit, it's 110. We're going to get it to 90 so you feel okay. Yeah. He um, believes in uh, <laughs> economic efficiency more than anything. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so, I mean, it was hot and, you know, we'd sit there and bust our butts for hours and, you know, we, half of us ended up cramping and ripping, we'd be like, Oh, come here, here, hold your hands out and you'd hold out your hands, you know, like this and rip would sit there and dump about, you know, 20 potassium tablets in your hand. He goes, here, go take all these. Like, <laughs> Seriously? He's like, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So, <clears throat> we'd go do that. And 
go back to training. I mean, that was, that was it. You didn't, you didn't sit there and argue with Rip. You're just like, all right, man, that's fine. Let's go. And that was probably the right uh, dose. Cause those tabs come in like hundred milligram, uh, units and you need like two grams or something. Don't, don't look this up before you quote me on this for those of you watching, but it's <laughs> your daily potassium requirements are a hell of a lot more than the, uh, the standard supplement dose. So. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it worked, you know, we got to train and you know, that was the, uh, that was the first time I actually felt like welcomed in a place and, you know, and that's, it's still the same way today, go back there. And I spend more time at Rip's gym than I do at my own house with my parents. Hmm. So Shelly was just telling us on a call yesterday that, uh, <clears throat> You know, anytime you guys are in town and you decide it's just stop by, it's never a stop by. You're going to be gone all day, right? Because you're just basically right. catching up with old family. Yeah, yeah, it's just terrible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but no, the uh, it, like the great thing about Rift Gym too is like, and this is like, I don't know if anybody's ever had mono. Um, I'm sure there's a bunch of people watching that have. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I ended up having a competition. Um, God, it was supposed to be one weekend and I came in on a Monday and just felt like hammered dog shit. Mm. And I was like, I, I, I gotta go lift, you know, I'm going to Kansas. I'm going to go compete this weekend. And Rip made a phone call to one of the guys who's a member there. He's a derm well, he was a dermatologist. He's passed away since then, but mm. he sat there and checked me out and he goes, you have mono. Mm. I'm going to call on a script for you to, take some stuff and uh, look at your tongue or something. What's the way to diagnose that without a, without no, a it's all like your lymph nodes and mm. tonsils on shit underneath. And I was like, okay. And, uh, called in a script for, was it Valtrax in a Z pack? Mm. And apparently this is like controversial and stuff, but I'll tell you what, man, I had the best meat I've had a week later up in Kansas. Didn't miss a lift. Felt like a million bucks. So I was like, this is awesome. Did you have I didn't have to go stack? to the doctor. <laughs> oh shit. I wish, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sad thing is I had it happen again late, like a couple of years down the line. And I was like, oh shit, man. So I called up, I went to the gym and the doc was there and I was like, Hey doc, he goes, I'll call you in a script. I'm like, I love you, dude. You're awesome. But I mean, it's, that place is awesome, man. Mm -hmm. If if you've never been there, go there. You know, I mean, it's one, everybody thinks Rip's huge on the internet. I mean, he's wears the shirt to prove it. Right. Um, but no, man, it, that place is awesome. It's family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like a, uh, it's like stepping into a museum straight yeah, out of the night. Really thing hasn't changed. Um, the, the material on the wall is just well curated and hilarious you know <laughs> the little graphic with the skinny guy talking about his dealt raises and all this shit and then and then there's like some mastodon standing next to him and the guy's like so what do you do in the gym and he's like squats you know and then you got little chase lindley up on the wall and then you've got all the books and in, in different uh in different languages that are distributed all over the world you've got letters from people that are thanking rip and the team for saving their asses in multiple different ways. You've got the front room with eight racks and then a bunch of dumbbells that don't get used and a lat pull down and a, and a leg press and some treadmills. You've got Rip's office up there. You've got a, a small office where Nick used to try to get work done, but just gave up and just works from home now. Um, and then the whole back room, right? We'll hopefully we'll show a video yeah. of this. So it's not just me trying to describe it to you guys, but um, yeah. the back rooms, the Olympic weightlifting 
part of the gym. That's where you guys uh, go and make a bunch of noise and stuff, right? Yep. Yep. And that actually used to be two rooms until one tra- tragic winter. Uh, pipes busted and uh, flooded the back room, and then Rip ended up tearing out the wall and just making it one giant room. So mm-hmm. looks that like was the way fun. it is. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. We're about to fill that Much place better. up, man. We're going to have probably 70 people there in September for the uh, second annual coaches conference. That'll be a good time. Are you coming down for that? I think so. Nice. I think so. We're, I think we're going to try to make it. Um, last time I talked to JD, we're so yeah. Cool. Sign up by Sunday. We're closing ticket sales on Sunday. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We should, I think you can just be there. You should have already paid for that. We told them beforehand. <laughs> All right then. Yeah. Um, so what else? What, what, uh, what are some stories that pop out at you about ripping the Wichita okay. Falls crew over the last 20 plus years of the gym? This one, I love this story, but it, I, I'm going to tell it the PC way. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> there were, there's, there's always new people that come into to Rip's gym and they're always looking for them and, you know, just always want to pick his brain. It's like, oh man, where's coach? Where's coach? And it's like, who the fuck are you talking about? Who's coach? Hmm. You mean like, like Rip? Where's Rip? I'm like, oh, I don't know. You know, he's around here somewhere. Um, but there was one time there was a uh, this Air Force guy who came in and he was just, oh my god, he was obsessed with Rip. And he was training there for a while, and one day he came in, and you know, I. I always keep track of who's coming in and who's not. It's just a, it's a little tick of mine. I always try to do, I, I, just, I hate it, but you know, it's, it's, it's handy sometimes. In this case, it was handy because he, he was looking for rip. He kept asking me, he's like, Hey, see coach, see coach. I was like, no, not see him, but I did. Hmm. I knew exactly where rip was. I knew exactly what he was doing. Was so he I saw office? rip. Grab, no, no, no. Rip went to the other office. Hmm. Rip went to the bathroom because he grabbed his phone and grabbed the office phone and went to the bathroom. And I was like, this going to be good. So I didn't say anything. And he had a question. And about that time I saw him walking to the bathroom, I was like, yeah, this this will take care of itself. It's no big deal. So about 45 minutes go by and he's still not out. I'm like, yep, it happened. Rip caught him while he was taking a shit. Rip caught him. (laughs) (laughs) If you ever meet Mark Ripito and he's taking a shit, do not engage in conversation with him. No. It'll be a lengthy, uncomfortable conversation. Because he comes out and this poor guy, I mean, he just sat there. He's just like, oh. <laughs> he's traumatized. Do you know Coach taking a shit? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I might have known that. He goes, I just had like a long conversation with him. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. I bet yeah. you did. Yeah, I bet you did. <laughs> See, I with Rip, I can't tell if it's just he's such a savage that he's not aware of that. That's that's not normal behavior, or if it's just intentional dominance. If it's just like some animalistic, um, you know, I'm dominating you. You have to sit here and talk to me while I take a shit, kind of thing. Either way, it's great. It's hilarious. <laughs> He just doesn't care. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I've known Rip for over 20 years, and he just doesn't care. Uh-huh. Um, to a degree, that's pretty admirable, actually. It's like that level of not giving a fuck is, is, must be relaxing, you know? Right. Um, it's, we, went to, we went to Austin one time for a weightlifting meet, and it was uh, Rip, Steph, 
excuse me, uh, Shelly and myself. And, you know, we got down there and, and Rip's like, hey, when, when you get here, come by my room and, and check your body weight. So, okay. So at the time I'm, I'm still competing at 85 kilo. Uh, I competed there for a few years and then I went to 94. Um, but then, you know, so this time we're, I'm down in Austin we roll in and I knock on the door and Steph pokes her head out. She goes, hold on, shuts the door and then comes back and opens it up. So Rip's just laying there, you know, going back to Rip being savage. Rip's just splayed out on the bed, just free as can be. And so Steph sat there and had to cover him up because Shelly and I were walking in. <laughs> had it just been me, it wouldn't have been a big deal, but just relax. Yeah, Rip, Rip. Yeah. Oh, he does. He yeah. does, man. <laughs> but no, Rip's been Rip's been he's been real good to me and Shelly and everybody I know. And you know, it's it's amazing to see this come where it's to to fruition where mm-hmm. it's at right now. And uh, you know, I, I'm I'm super stoked to be a part of it. So mm-hmm. Yeah, one of my earliest memories getting to know Rip was uh, at a seminar. I don't remember in which city, but we were hanging out in his hotel room afterward, which is uh, which used to be part of the deal when Rip traveled and did these things. The coaches would come up and we'd, we'd hang out and maybe drink a little and talk. And um, there was just a, there's just an image in my mind that'll just be permanently burned into my memory because it was so fun. We were we were discussing politics, and I just was I was grilling him on libertarianism. Because I, I like the tenets of libertarianism, but I also think that purists are kind of like communists in that, I mean, yeah, cool, it sounds great in theory, but what about in practice? There, there are some some flaws and some faults when we're actually talking about practical implementation in modern day, right? Um, and uh, he, he agrees with that, but, but on the way, we had to get there. So when we were getting there, he was, let's just say, passionately conveying his point of view to me. And uh, he, he was in the middle of changing to grade for bed, so his, his shirt was off, and he's just, you know, just fucking ape looking guy with long arms and giant hands. I mean, his thumb is like four times the size of my thumb. He's wearing his glasses and he just standing, you know, six inches from my face, pointing at me, turning beet red and just fucking screaming about, about his point. And I'm just sitting there taking it in. Like, this is intense. <laughs> the guy's, oh, yeah. uh, the guy's very passionate <clears throat> about the point he's making, but I appreciate it. Cause he's, uh, you know, he, he, He's not right about everything, but he's right a lot about a lot of things. And yeah. he's he's got a pretty clear idea about the things that he's right about. And he's willing to to hammer those as necessary to get the audience to understand that I've thought this through. You need to think about it the way that I have. <laughs> um and then if you if you do that and you can give him a good counter that he hasn't thought of, he's totally open minded to it, which is which is surprising, but but uh a very useful personality trait. Um oh, yeah. so it's been a good time, man. Yeah. That brings up a, a point that Rip called me up when we did the uh, – he, he did that Olympic lifting meet. Oh, God, when was that, last year? With it was uh, snatch, clean and press, and then clean and jerk. Mm. And him and Nick had been talking about it, how they should run it. Well, Rip gave me a call and goes, how do you think we should run this? And said, well, having done Olympic lifting meets both ways, is you need to run it like a traditional meet. Hmm. you know, don't run it with flights or, um, you know, where you do, everybody does first attempt, the second attempt. I was hmm. like, just run it. It's the way it increases. He goes, Oh, I don't know. Let me think about it. So then the next morning I get a phone call. Oh God. No, I got a text message actually about 2 AM and Rip goes, yeah, talk to Steph. We're going to run it that way. I was like, well, why the hell did you even ask me? 
like, what the hell, dude? <laughs> but, but it was funny just because I'm like, Rip, you, you know, I'm, I'm going to give you my honest opinion. I'm not going to sit there and shit about this shit. Mm-hmm. And yet you still, you go ask somebody, you go ask Steph, who's going to, I know in this case, she's going to agree with me. Mm. It's like, ah, whatever. It's fine. Don't even, don't ask me next time. Damn it. Well, <laughs> in, in Rip's defense, that's a trait of a great leader, actually, is uh, if you're not sure about something, you get input from multiple sources and then uh, you take the best input. So. Right. Annoying for the defense, person giving it sometimes, but useful for the guy curating it. Yeah, in his defense, I mean, you know, he asked Nick. Him and Nick were on one side, and then Steph and I were on the other mm-hmm. side. So, and, and you know, Steph, Steph has the final say. Well, and you and Steph were the Olympic lifters, really, in that group. So, yeah. listen to the practitioners, right? <laughs> has Rip given you any mentorship or advice over the years? Has he? Uh, I mean, I know he pointed oh. you in the right direction when it came to working for JD and and, and getting involved with us. But uh, I'm just curious if he's if he's helped you in that sense uh, at all. A ton. Um, my dad's going to kill me on this one. Um, I'm going to say it anyways. But you know, Rip. <clears throat> my dad did a great job of raising me. I think, um, but Rip. Rip was kind of like the older brother that you needed in your life. Um, you know, no bullshit, just shoot you straight all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then also help you out when you needed it. And that was, that was really, that was really what Rip did for me. Um, I did a lot of growing up over the years in Rip's gym, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whether it be from, you know, it Rip, Rip actually got me, I would say Rip got me, damn near every job I have right now. Mm. Um, he, there was a local physical therapist in town that he put me in contact with that I got a job working there. And then after that, uh, worked down in Fort Worth, uh, back when, back in the day when Rip was associated with CrossFit way, way back. In, um, and then I actually worked for Rip after that for two years. And then he put me in contact with somebody up in New York. I worked up there for two years and that same person opened up another gym down in North Carolina. And then Rip got me in contact with JD and you and shit, man, now here I am. So, I mean, you know, Rip's, Rip's done a lot of guidance on that. Um, and, you know, he's also, he's helped me tremendously through my lifting career as well. Mm. Um, I've had uh, probably the, the last hurrah for me for Olympic lifting happened. When was that? 20 or 2005. Hmm. No, the end of 2004. Um, I had a bad dislocation. I dislocated my uh, radius in the middle of a 300 pound snatch. And happened at Rip's gym. It was two weeks before senior nationals and I didn't tear anything surprisingly. And I didn't break anything, but my elbow swelled up to about the size of a softball. Mm. And I was out of that meat and yeah, it screwed me up pretty good. But you know, that rip, you know, he sat there and told me, Hey, you know, you got to get back in it. You got to go after it. Start doing curls, start doing chin ups, start doing lat pull downs, whatever you can stand, start doing it and do a whole bunch of volume on it. So, mm. All right. And uh, got me back for the most part pretty quickly. And then about two years later, 
I was bench pressing and adjusted my hand and uh, had it dislocated again. Aye. Yeah, that was kind of scary. Shit. Um, what were you? Didn't have a spotter. At what point in the rep did it did it fail on you? So it was third set, third rep. Um, it was a measly two oh five, and I was at the top. Mm. I was at the top, adjusting my hand, mm. and I felt it go out. Brought it down to my chest, threw it off of me. After that point, popped it back in and uh, went home. Good thing it wasn't four oh five. That could have been nasty. Yeah, I've never benched that much in my life. I suck at bench. <laughs> <laughs> You and me both. I'm not, I'm not like chasing all those other guys who bench a whole bunch. Mm -hmm. Bench is my weakest lift. But it's, uh, you know, I don't care. Mm -hmm. I like press. Mm -hmm. Good. But, uh, no, I, after that, I, I came back about an hour later, uh, talked to Rip, and he's like, well, weren't you just here? I was like, yeah. I was like, I dislocated my elbow on bench, and I'm, I'm back in here. He goes, what the hell are you doing? I said, I got to do chins. He's like, oh, all right. Like, if you think you can, I was like, no, I'll do chins. So I ended up doing like 50 chins and went home. That was it. And I started my rehab back. So, mm -hmm. but you know, Rip's, Rip's taking real good care of me in that aspect. I mean, anything and everything that I've had trouble with, you know, it's just Rip's a phone call away and mm -hmm. try to try to definitely help him, help him out in return when I can. Mm -hmm. um, there was a, You've been to Rip's house. He's got that giant harem hanging in his house where he hangs the pots and pans. It's more like a castle than a house. It's made of stone. It really is, yeah. Yeah. It's 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 nice though. I like it. It's, it's great. Yeah. Very good evil. <laughs> it's fucking chainmail and swords and guns and rattlesnake tails oh, yeah. and knives everywhere. He's got rattlesnake tails <laughs> on his kitchen table. <laughs> oh yeah. Def loves those things. Just pop the head open and stuff. Um but no, uh, Rip called me up one day and goes, hey, uh, are you and Shelly available? I'm like, yeah, why? He's like, I need your help. I said, all right. So I was like, do I need anybody else? He goes, well, if you got anybody else, bring them. I said, all right, fine. So I go out there, and him and Steph are trying to hang this harem with a chain over the rafters of his house. So what is a and harem? I thought a, I thought a harem was like a, a brothel or a whorehouse or something. What, what is no, that? No, 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 no. A harem is, it's an old medieval, um, uh, like a plow. Mm -hmm. Like you basically pull it behind horses. It's got stakes in it and you just drag it behind and it just loosens up the earth. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, this thing, I mean, we're talking, the stakes are like that damn long, man. They're, they're huge. Mm -hmm. And Rip is... Steps up on a ladder, Rip's trying to hoist it up, and it's like this is this is gonna be a disaster. Somebody's gonna die. So we get out there and help him with it and you know, hang it up. It's it's a it's it's a circus trying to get this damn thing up there. But you know, they finally get it up there and it's still up there today. I don't think he's moved it, adjusted it, anything like that. It's still there today, and he's still trying to put his pots and pans and all that other shit on it. But mm. god damn, man. <laughs> I enjoy the stories where he uh he kind of hazes people with tasks around the gym, around the house. I think he hazed Nick Delgadillo on day one with uh, tarring the roof. Um, he's hazed Chase, yeah, apparently. Hate, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. What has he done? Um, our weightlifting team, he made them go out and made all of us go out to Rip's house. You know that rock wall that's around his property? Mm -hmm. He's got that little, little like, two or three-foot rock wall. Mm. Um 
it didn't always look that nice. That's where you guys he made in. us. He made us come in there and uh, do the first prototype of it. I'll say. And really? about halfway through, everybody got drunk as shit, and that wall was no longer straight. It was all zigzagged, and eventually, Rip had to pay somebody to go out there. And drive, <laughs> but yeah, we fucked. <laughs> you tried. You tried. So, what <laughs> was the what was the conversation like? <clears throat> And by the way, I, I got to tell you, I was pretty nervous when, um, well, just about everything really when this fucking gym company started because the stakes were so high and, you know, I'm yeah. messing with people's lives, right? So like JD's spending all this money to open this gym and taking a big risk <clears> and then you and Shelly are changing careers and moving back and, um, you know, that made me super nervous. What 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 was it like on your end? What, what was the phone call like with Rip when you guys first discussed it and how did things transpire? <clears throat> so... Originally, um, Shelly and I were going to try to open up the Houston location. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Rip, we had talked to you, and you know we were living in North Carolina at the time, and we sat there and we're trying to figure out how to do it. We thought we could do it, and then Hurricane Florence comes, and we had to evacuate. We weren't sure about what our house was, you know, if we were going to have to, you know, put a bunch of money in the house or whatnot, you know, long story short, we ended up coming to the terms. I was like, this, this isn't going to happen. You know, we're going to have to liquidate everything. You know, it's, we just, we're not going to have enough money after we liquidate everything to try to do this. So, um, you know, I believe we talked to you and talked to Rip and like, Hey, whoever opens up Houston, we want to be, you know, put us in contact with them. We want to work for them. Mm. We want first um so then we got in touch with uh you guys got us in touch with jd and you know we still joke about this today jd and uh shelly and i were on a zoom call and we were we felt like he was interviewing us but if you talk to him he'll tell you the same thing he felt like we were interviewing him so you know it was good It, it worked out well um we flew down here met jd um you know in and JD is is a other than Rip, JD is a completely different person to work for than most other employers. Um, he's really caring. He's um, outgoing, and he wants to be part of every aspect of the business. Uh, he he is wants a to hell know of a guy, and he really cares. Yeah. He really, really cares not only about the quality of the outcomes, but the the people <clears throat> and the interactions and the relationships. And he and he studies this stuff, and he's very intentional about it. He's very thoughtful about it. You guys are you guys are lucky to be working for a guy like JD. Oh yeah, and you know we after talking to him and meeting him in person, um, <clears throat> kind of scoping out everything in Houston. Man, I, I tell you what, we the situation we were in at the time was not the best, and so we were like, "There's no question about it. We're taking this leap. We're moving back to Texas. We'll be closer to family. Um, you know, it, it won't be." It won't be a long, like a week long ordeal just to try to drive back, see Rip, see the family and everything, and then drive back, you know, back home. So, I mean, it's everything worked out the way we had hoped it would. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, I I mean, it was, again, it was a blessing that we didn't take it. (laughs) We Mm -hmm. didn't try to open the thing because come to find out we moved back to Texas and we get pregnant. So, yeah, that would have been whole nother 
<clears throat> yeah, and you let you let JD take all the risk and wait for the delayed payoff, and then and then you guys got a, a great payoff from day one. I mean, shit, JD came on strong and yeah. offered you guys top of the range for for coaching, and uh, that I mean, on top of the having the most expensive expensive rent in the franchise, he was really putting himself at risk and just betting on having the perfect location with the right business model with the right coaching staff, and luckily, luckily it worked because. Houston's grossed over a million dollars to date, and it's been a couple of years. Har- hardly been two years, right? Um, I think uh, it's been over two. So August, uh, August nineteenth of nine. Of nine. Okay, so three years. It'll be three years in August. Yep. 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 Um, so it all it all worked out for both of you guys, but uh, and yep. I think in the right ways, right? Because if you're moving to a new town, a little short on cash, got a kid on the way, you probably should be taking giant risks. You probably should take something kind of stable and consistent, which which is what JD's been able to provide. So that's, that's great. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and we've JD and I've talked about numerous different plans going forward. Um, and then it's just part of it is why I'm over at Katie right now and not still at Houston is, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get Katie off the ground, get it going. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the wife and I moved over here. And so now we're trying to get out in the community a little bit more and help out with that and get this thing going. Nice. Um, but I will say when, when we talked about trying to open the franchise, Rip was a little pissed off at us. Uh, he wanted us to do it, but, uh, that was also the same weekend as the conference Mm. and Carl was in town, Carl Ragnavon Mm. and, uh, Carter and Carl's never been to um, six flags over Texas. And we're like, well, shit, let's all go. So we went to Six Flags and came back and talked to Rip, and he was just pissed. God, he was pissed. He's like, you guys got to have skin in the game. And I'm like, it was $60. If $60 makes or breaks the fact that I can't open the gym, mm. I got bigger problems. Oh, he was pissed at you for spending money when you were yeah. supposed to be saving to open the gym. Yeah, yeah. I was like, 60, 60 bucks isn't going to be the, the problem. I mean, it's going to be – we're talking thousands. Yeah. And we were off, so it comes from a but good place. Fun. The conversations it he and does. I had about you and Shelly, he was always looking out for your best interests, which I thought was kind of cool. I, I got to see Ripito's character early on when we were doing these first deals and how he takes care of people that have taken care of him and um uh and just you know, just the way he operates. He operates with with a high degree of integrity and does does the right thing. And that's that's clear. I mean, you guys are in a you guys are in a really good spot. I mean you tell me, is there a better situation for you guys where you could be using your, your skill set as coaches and be making more money and be having a, a better day-to-day thing? I mean, I, to me, from the outside looking in, it looks like this is kind of the thing, you know? I uh, So Shelly and I have talked about this quite a bit. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think the only way this situation could be any better is if she had more coaching. Mm. Um, but her and I, our whole thing is, you know, if – if I make enough to support the family right now and allows the rest of the guys to get more experience, um, you know, she's, she's willing to step back, um, and be more kind of a, um, Oh, a, uh, a mentor for some of the guys and be there when they need help. Um, but other than that, I mean, this is the best situation, um, best situation I could think of, to be honest. Um, to be part of this and have all my experience and expertise um, 
be handed down to people and watch them become better coaches, better athletes, better, you know, just better all around uh, capable human beings mm. is, is huge. Um, you know, I get to, I get to every day, I get to deal with people who come in, whether it be back issues, heart issues, you name it, come in and I get to change their life. Hell yeah. And like the guy who, uh, you helped reverse type two diabetes. We'll link to that up here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, just irrefutable, indisputable, absolute life-changing benefits from working with yeah. you and the team. That's pretty, yeah. I mean, there aren't many jobs where you can do that every day, right? That's right. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's, that's probably like the best thing about it is every day I get to make an impact on somebody else's life. Mm. Um, granted, I don't, I get to be in the gym and I love being in the gym, but same time it's it's working with people and seeing them change and grow mm. uh, whether we I know houston's got a, a 14 year old kid that was over there and now i think i think he's about 16 now um watching him change from this you know quiet kid to now he's you know shit talking back to tony and you know squatting almost 300 pounds you know it's it's great to watch this this interaction of this kid turn into a man a young man so mm -hmm. um and then watching watching frail women come in here and all of a sudden you just you see them they're you know they kind of cower down a little bit and then been in here a few weeks months um years and they're like they're a different person it's like holy crap you got your independence back this is great what's that badass older gal um who you did two videos on what's her name Alex Ann. Alex Ann. Man, she seems yeah. tough as nails. She is. She actually, so she had a little bit of a reset. Um, she had a hole in her foot. She uh, had an open wound literally in the ball of her foot. And I didn't know about this for months. And she finally told me about it. She goes, yeah, you know, I'm going to have to do this. You know, that's, my foot's bothering me. I'm like, what are you talking about? And so she showed me. I was like, "Oh Jesus!" She's like, "Yeah, we need to we need to take care of that." Just an open gaping and wound in the foot, or what the hell was going on? It's, it's a hole. So she had uh, I don't remember what it was. I don't remember the what it's called, but uh, it's basically like a pressure a pressure wound, and it just it opened up and got big, and you know, just had to been going to wound care and all this other stuff Jeez. to get it taken care of. Just didn't say a word about and, it. Put the bar on her back and nah, went to work. Just, how the hell, man? Yeah. She doesn't say shit. I have to pry things out of her. I'm like, are you okay? She's yeah, it was a little heavy. I'm like, yeah, it looked heavy. She's like, <laughs> I'm like, are you okay? She goes, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Let's just, let's, let's got, I got to do another one. I'm like, no, 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 no. no let's, let's, let's just, let's move on to something else or back it off. You know I mean? Older gals are She's, tough, man. Four or five second reps and just, uh, then they'll do another <laughs> one, you know? <laughs> She's tough, man. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, what are some other stories from just, just anything interesting or compelling from the Wichita Falls days or from starting strength gyms? I mean, I know for example, JD is, uh, working on putting together a video from, um, one of your clients do you want us to give us a little sneak peek on that one yeah so uh we're oh god what's today thursday yeah we should be finished filming it today um a guy that you guys have seen um in our early ads um he's been with us since almost day one 
Um, I had like two life-threatening events happen. And after the first one, we, we rehabbed him back. And after the second one, we were just like, oh, Jesus Christ, this, this man, he's, <laughs> he's, you know, our, our, our saying on the board, stronger people are harder to kill. This man is definitely harder to kill mm. because somebody tried to kill his ass twice. Um, so, well, well, don't, all right. I won't spoil it if you want to save it for the video. Don't, I, I can't, I, I'm not going to spoil it. Right, um, right, right, right. But, but this guy, I mean, he's, he's literally, he's lucky to be alive. Um, but you know, he, he ended up losing one time. He ended up losing 52 pounds in a matter of a month and a half. Jesus. And yeah, he's, he's a tall, skinny guy to begin with, but mm. Jesus Christ. Um, but we'll talk about that more, but yeah, it's, uh, you, you talk, you talk about life changing this. Mm. If, if you see this video and don't think, God, I need to do something with my life before it's too late. I, there's no hope for you. Mm -hmm. there, there's really not. I mean, you might as well just give up, just start digging a grave right now because this man should be dead. Right. But he's not, Damn, he's still thriving. So it's good, man. It's really good. Um, you know, and I wasn't there after the second event, uh, Tony was, but you know, our team, we, we've taken care of him and he's, way way well on his way to get back to where he's back to normal and back to a uh an adult male <laughs> one thing i like about uh the vibe and the culture at jd's gyms is that <clears throat> i think he's nailed the compassion part i think that's the x factor right it's like since our business model is oriented around helping people in a non shitty or coercive way where it's like, we don't have contracts. You come in if you want to train and if you want to come in, we'll do our best to help you. Um, the type of people that are attracted to the jobs like yourself and attracted to opening gyms like JD tend to be very compassionate. And what I mean by that is they, uh, they get personal benefit and value out of the feeling of seeing other people succeed or helping other people get better. And, um, that's everything, isn't it? In this job. I mean, if, if that, if that's what does it for you, I can't think of a better job. If that's not what does it for you, or if that doesn't motivate you, then this probably isn't the job for you. But I know JD's whole ethos is based on that, right? His, his LLC is called the barbell calling. Like this is his calling, his duty to help other people. And I know he fosters that culture at the gyms and um he hires people like you that that really really give a shit and that's why houston's full with the waiting list and katie's you know on its way and um members are loyal as all hell and um yeah i'm 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 very pleased with you guys as you can tell i'm, I'm very happy with what you guys are doing you're kicking ass and you're you're you are doing the, the program you're doing the franchise program um including the newest mandate which is uh it's not a mandate. It's a polite request, which is kick ass at videos, you know, get better at video, higher production quality. Cause we got to tell stories, right? We, we, uh, yeah. we know how great starting strength is. We know how great the results, um, that we produce are. We know how happy our members are and how much we change their lives more profoundly than maybe anything else you could point to in their entire existence. Um, but nobody else does. 
right? So how do we tell the story? We got to we got to do stuff like this. We got to do stuff yeah. like the case study on this uh, this guy that you won't give us details about. But uh, we'll be looking forward <laughs> to watching. Um, so thank you guys, thank you guys. Yeah, thank thank you, Josh, for believing in us and to Shelly too. And um, and I, I've thanked JD multiple times in the past, so we'll give him another. But um, yeah. <laughs> It, it's it's great, man. It's it's really cool to to see this all come together. And you guys, I took a big risk. JD took a big risk. You guys took a big risk, and it, it's just working out for everybody, which is the name of the game. So it's it's been yeah. fun. Yeah. I mean, you know, to be to be a part of this when Rip started the book and the, the and last little tidbit, funny thing, uh, there's a hundred and eighty five pound version of me in the blue book still. Oh, is uh, that is doing, you, isn't it? That no beard, right? uh, no beard, no beard. Got a little goatee, little patch here. That's it. Um, but the, what the front squat, the chair dips, the weighted dips, I think that's it. I don't remember what else is in there, but man, they give yeah, you all the bullshit. How about that? <laughs> what? They had other, they had other people that were better models for me for the other stuff. So, yeah. But then they, when they retook a bunch of those pictures, I was actually out of state. So I think I was in New York when they redid uh, most of those pictures. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, there's a, it's, it's funny to see, you know, I, back when I, when Rip was doing that, you know, I was 185 pounds and now I'm like, man, I can't, I can't bend that way. God, I'm like 220 now and I can't bend that way. I can't, I don't, I don't even think I can do chair dips on two folding chairs like you have me do. 220 at 5'8", right? Uh, yeah. Can you stand up, model for the camera for me? Do you mind? I, I just, one of the things I'm trying to do is uh, let people <laughs> know that when Rip tells you that you need to be 5'8 and 220, he doesn't want you to be a fat piece of shit. He wants no. you to look like Josh. <laughs> that's, Not fat piece he wants of you shit. to be muscular and capable, <laughs> you know, and that's, that means heavy. So that's, this is one of the biggest pieces of confusion we get. When we tell you to gain weight, we're not telling you to be a, a slob. We're telling you to get no. big and muscular, you know? No. Um, and that's heavier than my you last, think it is, by the way. My, my last DEXA scan was about, what, 15, I think 15.5. It's hard to argue with that, man. At 225.8, holy shit. That's, that's, you know, you could drop down a bit and compete in a bodybuilding competition with those with those no numbers, way. you know? I mean, you have to do a little... Do some nonsense. Phoebe told me I should go do that. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that shit. Well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily want to, but you could, you know, you could. Yeah. Funny, funny though, Shelly actually, she, uh, she couldn't do the Olympic lifts for a while. And so she was like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to try something different. So she, uh, she decided to diet down for a figure competition. Hmm. Didn't change any of her training or anything like that. Still did starting strength. Didn't do a bunch of cardio, just dieted down. And stepped on stage for a figure competition and ended up taking second at a local competition in North Carolina. I keep trying to tell so, you guys, strength is the answer. You want a better physique? Yeah. Bodybuilding is a trap. Strength is, is how you build your body. Strength is how you build your and, body. And, and just for a little, uh, a little background on her, she is a ballet dancer for 22 years and didn't see the results that she wanted by running and doing ballet and starving herself mm -hmm. and got into Rip's gym. I brought her in to learn, teach her how to do power cleans and Rip force fed her meat because she wouldn't eat and uh, ended up seeing the results that she's always wanted by eating more 
and actually lifting heavy. So, and as usual, the um, you know the uh, conventional wisdom is exactly the opposite of the truth. It's exactly the opposite yep. of the truth. You got all these poor gals starving themselves, doing cardio to death, systemic inflammation, all the issues that Stan Efferdin talks about with um, regularity in your period, and you know. Mm-hmm hair and nails and skin and all this shit that happens from treating your body that way when if you would just lift heavy weights lift a little bit heavier over time eat properly to facilitate that growth you would be much happier and to the extent that you could be like josh's wife shelly and cut a bit of fat walk on the stage and what do you know your physique is pretty phenomenal because it's strong and uh Form follows function, as we well know. So we'll mm-hmm. we'll get the message across eventually. I mean, uh, we're we're a very small force in pop culture at the moment. We've got kind of our own yeah. little community that we've carved out. But as this thing grows and those storefront signs start producing a billion impressions a year, um, we're going to start really changing the cultural understanding of physique, health, fitness, strength, cardio, and all the stuff that everybody's got wrong. Because for God's sakes, it's twenty twenty two. And we're talking about the most fundamental aspect of your existence, like living a healthy, capable life. And it's all wrong. It's all wrong. Yeah. So that's fine. And and the gyms are, are our labs, and we can show the data, and we can we can prove that our system works, and we can keep telling the stories. And yeah, man, you'll uh, you'll you'll look back at all this when when. This is a this brand is a global powerhouse, and remember having been at Wichita Falls Athletic Club when the Blue Book was being written, and then uh, having been in the third franchise gym in the world. You know, so yep. it's going to be fun to look back at this stuff. Part part of the reason why I want to have these conversations, just kind of grab the historical record while everyone's around and willing to talk to me. You know, yeah, no, man, it's it's great. Um, you know, I, I thank you for the opportunity, man, and. Uh, you know, I look forward to seeing this thing be bigger, way bigger than we ever thought it would be, you know, back 20 years ago. Let's end with two things. I want to I wanna know just a <clears throat> practical question for you. For those of you that are interested watching this, you want coaching from Josh. Do you have any availability online? Are you, are you full? I do. I do. Uh, no, um, I have. I'm, I've got about 10 more spots open that cool. I'd be willing to take. Cool. Uh, that'd be filled up. Um, so katie.ssgyms.com, K-A-T-Y.ssgyms.com. And if so, I, so actually, we actually run everything through Houston. Oh, okay, got it. We run, got it. We run all over. So houston.ssgyms.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, check me out. Um, you know, all of our staff is available. If anybody is interested, looking for, you know, some expert help. Cool. We're all, we all have some space, so. Oh, yeah. yeah. Excellent. And then uh, – if you can pull one off the top of your head, I want to end with the chase story because you've spent a lot of time with that guy. And I've, I've, I've only known oh, him five years or so, but it's been really cool watching him grow up in just that short amount of time. Because when you're that young, I mean, shit every year is like massive progress, right? And Chase right. has uh, turned into just a, a, a solid young adult. I mean, shit, he's, um, he's learned a bunch. He's, uh, he's a hell of a lifter. Um, he's a hell of a coach. He's developing as a leader. So um, I'd love to hear any chase stories if you have one. I've got two. Uh, I've got a, a one when I first met Chase when he was 12 years old back in Wichita Falls. Um, oh, God. So now, you, you guys have seen Chase now. 
He's got long hair. Chase used to have this chili, chili bowl haircut. And 12 years old, still pale kid, you know, and he'd walk into Rip's gym and he, and he kind of walked on his toes. He had a little hop in his step. So, you know, I was training him. I was like, all right, this kid's kind of goofy, whatever. And about, you know, every holiday, you know, all the kids, families, they, you know, they just go off. Well, I think it was 4th of July. I was sitting there going, all right, nobody's going to be here. I'll have a light day, whatever. No big deal. And about 3.30, I think it was, here comes Chase. Just do, 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 do. What do you want me to do? I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, all right, man. But, you know, it was First good. of all, stop uh, bouncing around. <laughs> <laughs> well, so with his hair, you know, it just kind of doom, 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 mm-hmm. popping up and down. So I was like, God, dude, this kid's goofy as shit. But he's 12 years old. So, I mean, <laughs> what are you going to do? Um, but, you know, to Chase's credit, you know, he, you know, he kept showing up. Yeah. And that's what you got to do. You just huh? kept showing up. Huh? Um, that's the secret. So, don't yeah. miss training. And so, I mean, you know, and now watching him now, I'm like, shit, man, bastard never takes any time off. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, back at Houston, Chase was, Chase was on the, uh, on the war path to do a 700 pound deadlift. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, he kept asking me for help on different programming things. I'm like, all right, Hey, you know, let's look at it. Let's see what you got. And I'm like, look, you got rack pulls and you got deadlift, but, but there's no halting in there, man. You, you got to do your haltings. Mm. He's like, no, they don't work. They're stupid. They don't work. Like, just try the damn thing. So he tried it, I think, for about a month, month and a half. And then one day he goes, I'm going to go for 700. And I was like, all right, let's see what you got. And I think he pulled 650 and was like, dude, what do you think? I was like, uh, you're stupid if you don't go for 700. He jumped from 650 to 700. Smoked it. Oh, yeah. Smoked it. Damn. Smoked it. And, uh, yeah, he was just like, all right, I, I guess you're right. I, I guess the whole things did work. I'm like, dude, you've been beating your head against this shit forever, and you just you wouldn't listen. And uh, no, I, I, was, I was happy as hell for him to get that done. And now he's, and he's 725, he's a, right? Yeah, a little Jeez bastard. Christ. He, uh, so he started doing Olympic lifting. I'm going to take him to a meet here in October. Oh, cool. And, uh, you know, he's been beating the shit out of himself just trying to – do the Olympic lifts. I mean, he's, you got a 700 plus pound deadlifter. He squats over six. I mean, this guy's a freak. Mm. There's no reason he shouldn't be snatching 300 and clean and jerking 400. Mm. There's no reason he should, but you know, it's a technique thing, mm-hmm. you know, chase sit there and muscle it all up, but it's a technique thing. So we've been, we've been really working together and trying to just dial everything in. And, you know, even then there's still things that chase like, no, that's stupid. I'm not doing that stupid. And then, you know, come back a few months later. I'm like, dude, it looks a lot better. What have you been doing? Well, remember when you told me, Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. All right. This is just part of being 24. (laughs) Unfortunately, there's no way around it. it. Yeah. It really is. But no, chase. I'll ask the expert and then I'll ignore him. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, nah, Chase, Chase has been good, man. He actually lived with Shelly and I for the first six months being down here. Oh, no shit. And, you know, Shelly was like, I don't know how this is going to work. And I'm like, look, if Chase is, Chase is the only person I think that could live with us in our house, you know, her and I being married for five years and, you know, being like, I think you're going to be the only person that we can tolerate. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
you know, Chase and Chase, you know, we never saw each other. Chase stayed in his room and then every now and then we'd drag his ass out, make him watch something stupid like Animal House, you know, raising him. Right. You know, but he, yeah, he was, he was good. Hmm. Then it was just funny. There's, I'll have to, I'll have to send you a picture. He, uh, if you guys don't know how, how much Chase loves his, loves animals, um, he brought Garm to come stay with us too. And so I've got an English Mastiff named Mabel. She's 160 pounds. I've got an American bully named Loki that's 90 pounds. And then he's got Garm that's about 105 pounds. Mm. So we got these massive, three massive dogs in this house. And Chase one day brings out this bucket of peanut butter. He's got one spoon. And he takes a, he takes a big old spoonful. He eats it. And then he goes, one for me. And one for you, one for you, one for you, one for me. And I'm like, Chase, that's the grossest shit in the world. Oh, good Lord. Just straight out of the jar and into his mouth from the dog's mouth. Oh, yeah. Christ. Like, that's the shit, dude. But no, he he loves his dogs. It was was good. It was funny. Oh, shit. I hear he clears out a buffet, too, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah. That boy can eat. We, uh, We had a client that that took us out for, uh, to thank us and took us to a Brazilian steakhouse Hmm. and eight plates later, Chase is kind of going, I don't feel so good. Eight plates, eight plates. I'm not kidding. Not kidding. We spent three hours in that place. That's gotta be 6,000 calories. What do you think? I mean, depending on what's on the plate. I don't even know. He, he was miserable. I mean, the the guy kept having everybody, you know, come over. He knew that he knew everybody in the, in the joint. Hmm. He had them all come over and bring over all the uh, medium rare cuts of all the meat. And, you know, stop your fur. Yeah. <laughs> so, although the, the the only scary thing that ever happened with Chase, um, he got he went out. We went out drinking one night and he ate something and ended up getting sick. And you know, Chase is a diabetic. Type one. Yeah, type one diabetic. And uh, he, uh, we saw him and he's like, you know. Chase, you all right? He didn't really say anything, and he's in the kitchen. You can't you tell know, when he turns pale. He's already fucking ghost white. That's right. Oh. That's right. <laughs> um, but he's rummaging through the kitchen, and we're like, what? And he goes in there, or I walk in there, and I'm like, Chase is kind of hunched over the cabinet, and he's got this bottle of syrup, and he's just chugging it. I'm going, Chase, are you are you all right, bud? And he goes, uh-uh. I'm like, you need some sugar, don't you? He goes, yeah. Damn. I was like, all right, what, tell me what to go get, man. I'll be right back. So, I mean, we were close to a bunch of stores. So I went, I ended up going and getting him, I think, like a orange Fanta, like a two-liter bottle of the shit, and mm. just keeping it on hand, and he chugged it down. He's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm better. What the hell like, causes geez. that? Because because uh, was his insulin was, pump overactive or something, or what was going on? No. So Well, so he we went out drinking, and he ended up eating – I don't remember what he ate, but he ended up throwing it up mm. after he had already pumped all the insulin in. Oh, it gotcha. Fucked him up. Gotcha. So, yeah. yeah. He had to balance things back out. Yeah. Yikes. Chase is, Chase is, I love Chase to death, but man, there's, there's just times, dude, there's nothing you can do about being type one diabetic. Yeah. You, you just can't do anything about it, right. man. You just got to deal with it, you know? Yeah. And work around it carefully so you don't put your life at risk. <laughs> Yeah. But being 24 uh, with, uh, (laughs) I mean, I wonder what his natural testosterone levels are, plus the 725-pound deadlift and growing up with you and Rip, Mm -hmm. you got to constantly balance your your animal instincts and your medical situation, right? 
right. That's right, man. He, uh, when he found out about, or I introduced him to, to Jeff at a meet that I did in Dallas, Jeff Whitmer. And, uh, you know, we got to talking about things and I've, I've been on TRT for God years now, just because my shit got so damn low mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be married if it wasn't for TRT. I'll say that it's bipolar shit. Um, if, yeah. If you, if you're an aging guy and you feel like you're getting depressed as you get older, it may not be you know, it may be caused by low testosterone as Josh and I can oh, yeah. attest to. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's, there's that whole roid rage thing. No, no. It makes you a nice level human being. I mean, maybe if you take uh super physiological doses, but if you're on normal, you know, by identical testosterone replacement therapy at fairly normal levels, uh, yeah. it should calm you down, you know, it should oh, yeah. make you less anxious and less neurotic really, you know? a lot more tolerable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but i introduced chase to him and uh you know talking about chase wanting to be like a freak and he uh, you know we were talking about his testosterone levels uh chase goes i want to get on testosterone I, how the hell do i do that i was like chase you're 24 dude shut the hell up shut there's up. no way your testosterone levels <laughs> you're low. already on testosterone okay <laughs> <laughs> like your shit's got to be higher than mine it has yeah. to be there's yeah. no way so let me know when you're, when you're 35 and, uh, (laughs) you know, you've been working 60, 70 hours a week and eating like shit for over a decade. And then, and then we can talk, you know, God, Oh, to have chases, chases freakish strength. Oh, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's the prototype, you know, he's the, he's the archetype rather. He's the. He's like, what happens when you take a kid and you put him in Wichita Falls Athletic Club and you feed him lots of food and he never misses a workout? You get Chase yep. Lindley with a 725 right. deadlift and a 405 overhead press at a body weight of, what is he, 240 at six foot? Two, 250 right now. 250, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. So that's great. The only, the only downfall to that is you just can't find normal pants. Yeah, they're going to have to stretch for sure. And uh, you're going to have to find a special gal, too. So luckily, he's found Phoebe, <laughs> someone that can put up with his ass and uh, likes this stuff herself, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So did we leave anything out, man? You want to end here or anything else you want to share? I think that's it, man. Um, God, I can't think of any. I mean, I, like I said, there's, there's a whole bunch of damn stories that have happened over the years um, between Carmen and Rip and you know, just good old days, mm-hmm. but some you can't share some you can majority. I can't share <laughs> <laughs> the world is much too PC for much of these stories. So we'll leave those, uh, to, to more private settings. That's right. That's right. Well, thanks for your time, man. So, this was fun. Ray. I appreciate it, man. I enjoyed it.